Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
you for your presence, Lord, that is here in this room, Lord, and your presence that is here in our houses this morning, wherever we're at. We know that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord. I pray that we can not just leave this with this one encounter, with this one worship set, Lord, but we can take you with us and worship you throughout our day and throughout our week. Praise and bless your name, Lord. We love you this morning. We pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning to you all today. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing well. God is good and uh, he's working in our lives and uh, hopefully protecting and watching over you no matter what goes on. That he is with you no matter what. Uh, today is First Responder Sunday, and so we are in our worship service recognizing anybody that um, could come as a first responder, uh, whether it's uh, EMT or police or fire department, and we're just saying thank you. We want you guys to know if you're tuning in today that we appreciate you, that this church family, Burlington Christian Church, we support you. We believe you guys are uh, great heroes in our community, greater than so many others that the world holds up as heroes of life. They are not. You are. And we so are so grateful for you. So thank you for all that you do. And um, we appreciate that. We are living on a prayer is what we're talking about, living on a prayer. And uh, that's the title of our sermon series. And on this uh, journey of prayer, we have said a couple things up to this Sunday. And I want to just kind of hit on those real quick. First thing we said is prayer is turning to God. It's like giving God our attention. It's saying, God, here I am. Prayer, secondly, is hosted by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to be living in you through your acceptance and surrender to God, your acceptance of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And then the Holy Spirit comes in, lives in your life, and that Holy Spirit is able to com communicate with the Father. That's prayer. You have to have the Holy Spirit in order to pray to the Father. Number three, Prayer is a team effort, and we, we kind of uh, highlighted and, and uh, appreciated our softball team last week, uh, our, the, the Boomers. Yep, I keep saying the Bombers, but it is the Boomers, and uh, we appreciated them and told them thanks for playing with us this year and, um, and uh, appreciate them, but, but that led to the idea that prayer is a team effort, that you can pray individually, yes, we should, but prayer together is powerful and it is effective, so today, Prayer is about our about face. <laughs> Prayer is our about face. And uh, in light of our first responders, and in light of maybe some of you that are tuning in that are first responders, this message really is written and geared with you in mind. Because what I want to say to you today, I hope is an encouragement to you, but also a challenge for all of us as people who live on this earth that have to answer to God. Okay, so work with me, walk with me, think with me, dig with me, and I'm gonna keep this somewhat brief, if, if, if I possibly can, as brief as I can, but I wanna share with you this thought. So prayer is our about face, and, and we know that an about face is, it's a military term, really, it comes out of the, the Army and the Navy and the the Marines, and it's a, the idea of an about face is a 
180 degree turn. You do an about face. You turn completely in the opposite direction. Uh, an about face is not a 360 where you turn all the way around and keep going. And an about, uh, a prayer, uh, an about face is not a 45 degree angle where you just veer off in a different direction. An about face is a 180 degree turn. It is going in the exact opposite direction than you were before. It's a reversal of direction. That's what an about face is. And what I'd like to share with you is just two things. The first point is a little bit longer, but the second one is very quick about this idea of about face. And so the first thing that I want to say to you is this. First responders live in the realm of about face. You really do. If you're a first responder, you live in a world of, of, of about face. And let me explain what I mean to you. It happens when tragedy strikes. You probably already know where I'm going with this. But it happens when tragedy strikes, like when a catastrophe happens or at a scene of an accident or a shooting or a crime or a robbery or a house fire or a terrorist attack. And it's why we look up to first responders because they respond to these kinds of things, these kinds of events. When the worst of humanity happens or the worst of world occasions happens, first responders respond, they go, they go. When 9-11 happened, and those two planes targeted and crashed into the Twin Towers. And every one of us remember exactly where we were when that happened. When that came on the TV, I know exactly where I was and what I was doing. And then for the next few hours, we all tuned in, watching very carefully and very concerned about what was unfolding. And what was unfolding was this. All chaos had broken out in New York. People scrambled for their stairwells. They were, they were running everywhere trying to figure out a way to get out of that building. Some were jumping from, from top floors because the smoke and the heat was getting so great they just jumped out of windows. Others were running as fast as they could down those New York streets to take cover and get away from the danger that was behind them but not our first responders. See, they did not run away, they ran in two. They did not let fear overcome them, but they overcame fear. And they did not abandon the call to rescue. Instead, they geared up and they moved purposefully and deliberately into the danger. So they did what I would call an about face. They did an about face. They, first responders, and you, if you are one, you live in the realm of about face. It's a very unusual about face. It's not normal to mankind kind of about face, and it's a very brave about face. One that puts self aside and cares more about other people. When everyone else is running away from the intensity of the danger, our first responders 
are running directly into the fire and the danger. And so we have to ask ourselves, what causes a person to like want to do this? And secondly, like what causes a person then to actually do it? It is one thing to say, you know, I'll do it, I'll go, I'll face the danger. But when danger strikes and the heat of the moment and the fire is on and the heat is up and the smoke is rolling and, and the bullets are flying, what causes that person to keep going into the danger when everyone else is fleeing from it? See, this kind of courage, I'm convinced, this kind of bravery and this kind of sacrifice only comes from above. I believe this is a God-given gift that people have and not everyone has it. It is not of the flesh. It is not human. See, because our natural desire is to take care of our own skin, to protect ourselves, to get away from any danger. That's what comes natural for most all of us. Oh, we might, you know, we might on occasion be able to muster up enough like bravery or courage to do some incredible thing. But to do this as a life ambition, day after day, going into the danger, that's only a gift from God. And the thing of it is this, it's just like God. See, it is just like our God. Let me share with you a scripture. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer writes, and I'm going to point out a few things from this. So check this out. The writer writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What a great passage this is. And I want to share with you a couple things in here that really, really, I think, apply to first responders and how they are, in a way, reenacting what Jesus has done for us. And it's so like our God. First of all, this. The first thing we notice is this. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. So the first thing that we notice here is that others have done this. You are not alone in being a first responder. You are not alone in responding to trouble. You are not alone in, in sticking your neck out and taking risks. You, everyone doesn't do this, but you are not alone in this. All through time, there has been the few and the proud that have responded to big decisions of greatness in the midst of trial and danger when others have wimped out. You're not alone. Hebrews chapter 11 in the scriptures, just one chapter earlier than Hebrews 12, is all about these heroes of faith who when God called someone to do something big and, and dangerous, they responded and they put fear aside and they put their own natural 
desire to save their own skin aside, and they ran into whatever it is what God was calling them to do. So you are not alone. And the other thing is this, they are cheering you on. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witness and they are cheering you on. They are saying to you, keep on fighting, keep on going. You have got this. The reward at the end of this is going to be worth it and it is going to be great. The second thing that I notice in this passage is he says this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So he says, these kind of people that are like God learn to throw off anything that might trip you up. That's a spiritual truth. It's a physical truth. If you're in training, you're going to the Olympics, you're, you're an athlete, whatever it is, you, you get on a strict diet, you get on a strict training program, you cut out anything out of your life that is not going to help you get, your, get to the goal that you're, you're running for. Same is true in our Christian life, in our spiritual life, that, that anything that might trip us up, we need to get rid of so that we can run the race that God has called us to run. But, but for, for all of us, this is our about face, okay? This is an about face, that we throw off everything and we run toward God. This is where we understand that there are two worlds. There's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. And one is greater than the other. And we come to understand that, that this world, this world is not all there is to it. That this world is not our final destination. There's more on the other side of this life, the flesh. And we realize that this world is not our friend. The battle between good and evil continues to wage on and we see it all around us. It's why we need first responders, at least most of them, or some of them, because, because people do bad things and we can see the evil all around us. Jesus Christ came to crush the hostility of this broken world. He came to put an end to it, to put a damper on it, and to enclose it. You could say that Jesus Christ is our very first responder ever in history. He is the first responder that did anything that really, really matters, right? He came to this rebellious planet to give us, to give you and to give me a chance at rescue, a chance at salvation, and a chance at heaven. Which leads us to the next thought. He says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him endured the cross. Wow, that's pretty cool. Look at that. Author and perfecter. Pioneer and perfecter. He is the one who made it, and he is the one that then walked it. God isn't asking you and me to do anything that he hasn't already done. His son has come and done this already. Do you see that? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And the cross symbolizes a torture. It symbolizes a pain. It symbolizes a sacrifice. It symbolizes the shedding of blood. It's, it symbolizes a humiliation for the sake of others. Jesus went through this for others, for you and me. He did not run from the pain of the cross. Instead, Jesus ran right to it for the joy set 
before him. And why? Why did he do this? He did this for you and he did this for me. Wandering sheep who have gone astray. We have wandered. People, every person, every race, every nation, every tribe, every color, men and women, that we would have hope, that you and I might have hope. This is why Jesus went to the cross, that you and I might have hope for a better day, hope for a better way, hope for eternal life and healing far beyond this temporary physical life. And it was his pleasure. The scripture says it was his pleasure to deal with my sin. It was his pleasure to die in my place that I would not have to be separated from God forever. This Jesus, our first responder, paved the way for every other first responder on the planet. For you and me, guys, that's big. That's a big deal. Because Jesus did that, you and I can do that. We can follow his example. Last thing is this, he says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the last thing is this, consider what Jesus did and what he went through for you. Just think about what Jesus did for you. As you're going out and you're serving people and you're serving this world and you're doing things for other people and, and there's a number of different uh, uh, positions in the world and, and careers in the world that that is that kind of life. You know, the people just giving of themselves, giving of themselves, giving of themselves. And they don't take much, they just keep giving. That's what Jesus did. Consider what Jesus gave for you. Not just for mankind in general, like this, God died for the world, but he died for you. Like for every one of us, your name, right? Your life, your soul, you as an individual person, your name, he knows you personally. And he died for you. He took care of our greatest problem, the separation that sin brings. He took our sins to the cross and he paid our sin payment. And I don't know if you know what that means or what that's all about, but back in Genesis, God said the soul that sins will die. And not just die physically, but be separated from God for all of eternity, a spiritual death. And so our sin that separates us had to be dealt with. It had to be dealt with somehow because God is a God of his word. And when he says the soul that sins will die, that soul will die. So something had to be paid to bring the two back together. And so Jesus comes to this earth and Jesus dies in your place. He dies for all of mankind that we might have life. He died so that you would have a chance to come back into the presence of God and dwell and live and have God living in you and have hope. And the writer says, consider Jesus and what he did for you. Why? So that you will not grow weary. You're not grow weak. And that you will not lose heart and become discouraged. Because in this physical world, it's easy to let the physical begin to get us down. But when we realize that our greater, our greater need has already been taken, taken care of through Christ, we, we rise above the physical. And we do things, you do things, that are not even human. You do things that only godly people or people that have been touched with the gift of God will do. And that's amazing. That's good news, you guys. 
Consider what he's done for you. It'll give you the strength to do what you do. That's good news because what it says to you and me is that God cares for you and me. So there we go. Number one, first responders, you live in the realm of about face. And the second thing is this, very short, I'll get through with this very quickly. The second thing is this, to do an about face is to repent. It's about repentance. That's what this 180 is all about. It means to turn from one way and go the direct opposite direction, to go another way. By faith in Christ, we repent, we turn to God, and we go a better way. We go the right way. We go the Creator's way, right? Here's what repentance is. Check this out. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of actions. And there has to be all this. It starts in your mind as you realize that you need to be walking closer to God, and then God begins to work on your heart and soften your heart to help you, to motivate you to do the right thing that your mind knows you should do. But until action happens, it doesn't matter. It's not enough to think it. It's not enough to feel it. You have to do it. We have to respond. We have to turn from our own ways and walk toward God. This change involves both a turning away from sin, our own wishes and wants and desires, and turning to what God wants. That's what repentance means. It's an about face, and it's tied to our sin. It's always tied to our sin, primarily our sin against God. Not just the way we offend people and the things we do to people that we have to ask for forgiveness for, or I'm sorry for, but our sin toward God. It's all toward God. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short and rebelled against God. The Bible says that we all, like sheep, we have gone our own way. And there is no one righteous, not even one, not me, not you, not any of us. We all have sinned and wandered, been separated from God. And the scriptures urge us to turn back to the Lord, the one that you and I are going to stand before and have to answer to. This is repentance turning back to God. And let me tell you, it is the most important about face that you will ever make. You may make about faces that turn away from saving your own skin and you may run into the danger to save somebody, to help somebody, to rescue somebody. And, and that is heroic on this earth and it is noble. But until you do an about face of yourself, and turn to God, you haven't done the most important about face that you and I need to do, that every one of us must do. Because we live in a world that has have wandered away from God, and our only hope is to turn and face God and come back to Him. So let me urge all of us, let me urge you guys, especially you first responders, while you're out there protecting and fighting the good fight to keep America free, from the evils of this world, who is the real enemy of, of all things, the one behind all of the darkness, please do not neglect your soul. Do not neglect your soul, the very soul of you. What would it profit you or me if we gained all the riches of this world but lost our soul to hell? What good would that be for us? for you or for your kids or for your family, your wife, or your, your spouse? What good would that be for any of us? Come back to the one who made you. 
Come back to the one who loves you. Come back to the one who gave his life to save you and me from the coming judgment. That first responder that left heaven and came to this earth that we might have life. That Jesus who came first taught us things about the kingdom of God to guide us on how we should live, what's right and what's wrong. The one who suffered and died on a cruel cross for each and every one of us with your name in mind. The one who rose from the dead, conquering the grave and death and put an end to the sin problem between man and God if we'll just turn to him. And the one who said he's coming back again to take us to be where he is. First responders, you are the real heroes of our communities. You really are. You know, when we think about it, we would be in trouble. We would be in deep trouble to not have you around. This society, this defund the police is a joke. We take out the police, we are all in trouble. That's, a, that's, that's straight out of the, the, the pit of hell. You guys don't need to be defunded. What you need is raises. You all need raises. You need more money. And so if I had my way, I would take money from those pro athletes that are making millions of dollars to play, to play a sport and give it to you guys who are actually saving lives in the world and making a difference for real people. I wish I could have my way and give you all that. Maybe one day we'll get our priorities back in line and put them where they need to be. But we look to you to protect and we look to you to, to, uh, to keep people safe and to keep our communities safe from people who want to do evil. But all of us, every one of us, we need the Lord. All of us need the eternal hope, that eternal rescue that only Jesus can give us. We all need that. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Soul safe, right? The righteous run into it and are soul safe. When you run into Christ, you are eternally safe. When he says the word righteous here, he doesn't mean we're righteous in and of ourselves because we already said we're not. We are sinful. We're separated from God. But when we come to him and we, and we, we surrender to him and he forgives us of our sin and he washes us clean and we are baptized into Jesus because we have given him our life, then... When we're washed and clean, we could run back into the presence of God and live in that place until he comes again. And that's where you and I need to be. The Lord is always available to you and to me, to all of us. And if he's calling you to come to him, if he's calling you to, to draw near to him right now, in your own heart, or at any time in your life, don't run. Don't keep going your way. Don't do a 360 and then keep going the same way. Don't do a 45 and veer off to one side. You do your about face. And turn to God. Turn to the Lord, the only one who can save your soul. We are living on a prayer. And I pray that, that you would give God your life today. That you would give him all that you are. And I am always available. Burlington Christian Church, John Napo. You can find me through this website, nobcc.com, K-N-O-W-B-C-C.com. And if you're not able to, uh, to be with us this morning, tune in and, uh, and, and 
check out this message because it really is geared with you in mind. But we, we, I'm always available, anytime, anywhere, anyplace. If you want to talk about your life in Christ or becoming a Christian or giving your life to Jesus or what that might mean or what that looks like, please, please look me up. Let me pray and we're done. Father, thank you so much. We love you and we trust that you will draw us close to you, God, that you are our fortress and our protector and our, 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 our rock and that on you, God, we're safe. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you would protect all of our first responders, that you would protect those who put themselves in harm's way for other people that they don't even know, and that you would just keep them safe. God, we love you so much. Help us all as people, as human beings, no matter what color we are, what sex we are, what we are, may we all turn to you, God, and find the, the hope and the salvation that only you can bring. God, we love you. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, first responders, we appreciate you. May God bless you guys and walk with you and protect you. God bless.